Hi, it's Jill Bohm, former player of the Belgium national team, player of Royal Racing, and you're listening to Half Court Press Podcast. This is Chris Faust in Half Court Press, the Austrian ladies head coach, indoor, outdoor, A team, and under 21. Hi, I'm Jess Pan. I play for Athletic Terrassa in Barcelona, and you're listening to the Half Court Press. Hi, it's Ross Stott here from East Grinstead and ex Scotland player. You are listening to the Half Court Press Podcast. Hockey Player Profiles is the 13th season of the Half Court Press podcast. In this series, Taylor McLeod chats to players from the sport of hockey about their careers, lives and experiences. Hello, this is Katarina Latina, Czech international player playing in Belgium for Parkskata and this is a Half Court Press podcast. Welcome back to the Half Court Press podcast. We are sat here today with Czech Republic International, Katarina Lecina. Did I pronounce it properly? Uh, well, almost. It's, uh, in Czech it will be Katarina Latina, but for internationals it's, yeah, it's Katarina Latina. Yeah. Is it still the Czech Republic or has it changed to Czechia? Yeah, it's actually changed, but I still like to use the Czech Republic. It's more, I don't know, for me it's more traditional i like it more but it's czechia yeah now it's officially it's czechia that's what i thought had happened but i think a lot of the the western european news reels and so forth are still using the czech republic yeah they still do i mean the both are uh is used i think both both names i don't know why though but uh, they said that czechia is more uh, yeah it's easier for internationals to understand or pronounce so they just said it's easier shorter what do you prefer? I prefer Czech Republic. So during this interview, we shall refer to your your national team as the Czech Republic. Katerina, can you tell us a bit about yourself, please? Yeah, so, well, I'm a 27 years old uh, hockey player, field hockey player, born in Czech Republic. I'm playing abroad uh, since 2014, I think. Currently living in Belgium, in Antwerp, and playing for hockey Praxgata club. Uh, it's my first year in, in Belgium. And also work for Czech Hockey Federation, part-time job. I'm kind of semi-professional hockey player, I guess, now. <laughs> what job do you do for the Czech Republic Federation? I'm kind of, uh, how to call it, I would say coordinator manager. I help with stuff. I'm like a middle part between the federation and the, the national team. So the managers of the national teams and the, the federation. So stuff needs to be spoken or managed, organized. I'm the one who should coordinate it. And I'm also helping with the international program with uh, our president, with the of the Czech Federation, Hockey Federation, Gino Schilders, uh, on the youth leadership program. So that's that's what I do. I also do just uh, organization stuff there. Tell us about your club in Belgium. So I joined the club quite recently, uh, by the end of August this year, because we also play with the national team, the European Championship in Prague, quite late it was by the end of uh, of august so i spent the the time of preparation with the team in in uh, belgium just i think it was just a one week about one week and then the competition started already so it's about now i think one and a half months since i play there and uh, it's very lovely i need to i have to say all the people are very very nice and kind they do care about international players. We are, I'm not the only one from abroad. So there are another three Spanish girls with me. And yeah, we, we just have fun and we play good hockey. Uh, the trainings are good. Uh, games are also going well. Um, so, so far, there is absolutely nothing to complain about. I'm very happy to be there. Now, in Belgium, I believe that there are three official languages, Dutch, French, and German. I've heard the Belgian hockey team speak in French. Their fans speak in English. 
they all sing in English. I believe the women's coach is British, so therefore he evenly speaks in English as well. What's the language that you speak there? I'm lucky enough that in our club or team we speak only English or most of the time we speak English. Uh, we have an assistant coach who is Argentinian, so girls are already used to speaking English and also the, the head coach is speaking English, so all the meetings and uh, instructions for the games are held on the, in English. So that's very good and very easy for me. And also in Antwerp, where I live, everyone is speaking English. Everywhere I go and I ask for help or anything I need, they are, uh, doesn't matter how old they are or where it is, they, most of the people, they speak English. So it's very, very easy. For me, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing. Most people speak the language that I pass about with in my own head. Yeah, it's, it's great because most of the time when I played abroad in, in Germany or also last year I played in, in the Netherlands, sometimes when you are only one on the team from abroad or only one who doesn't understand the language from the, that country, people are just used to speak their language and they forget that there is someone who doesn't understand. So for me, it's just, I'm very, very lucky and happy that this club is so used to speaking English. Helps a lot, really. You speak Czech, English, do you speak a third language? Yeah, I speak German too, because I played five years, about five years in Germany. So uh, I also can speak German. Did you learn that back at home? Yeah, I, so I had, a, I had a German and I had English on high school. Uh, then, but yeah, from high school, I didn't actually remember anything. So the most things I, I learned when I went abroad, living in the country, in the foreign countries is the best, best way how to, how to learn language. Yeah. The last time I saw you play was 2020 English Indoor Super Sixes Finals, the Indoor Championships in London for East Grinstead. Yeah, it was an amazing experience. Unluckily for us, we <laughs> lost in the semi-final, I believe. It was a yeah, very unlucky game for us. I was very excited to play with East Grinstead and uh, in this amazing hall. But yeah, it wasn't meant to be, I guess. So we didn't make it to the finals. And it was a very sad evening in the end. I think you lost the semi-final to the eventual champions, though, Buckingham. Yeah, that's true. But I still think that we... Well, it's, it's, it doesn't even, even matter who won for me or I think for the team, for East Grinstead, for our team. Because I think we could have won. We, we were experienced enough. We were good enough to, to play better. But we didn't score. And uh, hockey is about scoring it in the end. So, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> I remember you giving it a good go, though. There's quite a few short corner routines towards the end that you were involved in. There's a bit, quite a bit of pressure on the Buckingham back line. Yeah, the, on, the, on the short corners, you mean the, the slip left one? That's, yeah, that's, that's my position on the short corners in indoor hockey, usually. In the, in the club uh, or also in the national team. So that's what I was used to training and doing for a couple of years already. What do you do outside of hockey? What are your hobbies and interests? Well, to be honest, most of the time I still spend on hockey or training. But when I don't play hockey or don't train, I like to spend the time with friends or family because there is not so much time for it. Uh, so basically any time spent on hanging out with, uh, with friends, playing games, being outside, doing any kind of sport because I'm quite, I can't stay still. So I really do like any kind of sports or collective sports and just having fun outside with friends, having a good dinner, going for a yeah, good meal together. Or, or having a game night, 
with friends, going for a nice coffee. I really like coffee dates. So, yeah. And also when there is a time, I like to get to know new people and new cultures and uh, new cities. So when there is a time, I like to just take a car and go to uh, a city which is close by and just see the architecture or, yeah, just have a coffee there. That's what I like to do. The Half Court Press is now on Patreon. Patreon is a well-known and trusted online platform that allows our fans to support the sports journalism that we create. We offer a tiered subscription plan with more content being made available to our fans who choose to spend a bit more each month. We at the Half Court Press would appreciate any and all support that you wish to contribute towards our articles, podcasts and interviews. So let's talk a bit more about your your career. When did you start playing hockey? I started with hockey. I started with hockey when I was eight years old. So I was lucky enough. Well, in in general, in Czech Republic, there is not so many hockey pitches. There is only, I believe, uh, I think eight or or so eight hockey pitches, maybe, and one of them is very close by to our family house where we live or used to live when we were kids with my brother and so there was the easiest way what to do or just my parents wanted us to have a hobby or to do sport Uh, so I chose hockey because my older brother already played hockey that time he's older three years older than me and I always kind of wanted to follow him and do uh, the same things he did. So that's one of the reasons why I started with hockey. And uh, we also played a couple of years together, actually, because in this little club where I started, there was only a team of boys. There was no girls team. So for at least four years, I think I played with boys. Also with my brother then. How old were you then? Uh, I believe it was from age eight until 12 or 12 or 14, maybe quite a long time. I played with boys and then I changed to a club where, is, where I played the, the, yeah, then the rest of my hockey years in Czech Republic before I went playing abroad. And that would be uh, Hatze Praga. That's my home club, let's say now. When I come back from wherever I play, when I come home, then I I train and I play for hockey club Praga. Yeah, so I started with boys and then I changed to this one. And in the age of, I think, age of 18, uh, that was my first year when I decided to go abroad to Germany. After I finished my high school, I started a university and after the first semester, first or six seconds semester, I went abroad to Mannheimer HC and it was the, the first year. But it was a little bit difficult because I still studied on the university and I had to travel back for the exams and for some courses. It was quite, quite hard and uh, that's why I decided to, after this one season, I decided to go back to Czech Republic, finish the university, and then I went again for another experience abroad. Where did you go after Germany? Oh, so uh, after Mannheim, I still played in Germany for another four or five years, but just in different clubs. After Mannheim, I went to Bonn. Then uh, I played only first part of the season just two months I believe because of the university stuff and then after I finished uni I went to Munich München Hockey Club I played there one season 
Then I changed again to Harvester Hude Tennis and Hockey Club. And there I, I played for three seasons. I also worked there and I found my life there. So it was uh, like a German German club or city where I would call my home, let's say. So Hamburg, Hamburg was the final station in Germany then. I've heard that Hamburg is actually quite a cool city. The Beatles lived there for a while. One of their football teams, FC St. Pauli, is quite an alternate, progressive club with a cool fan base. I hear there's quite a fun vibe there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I loved living in Hamburg because also the culture was really, uh, yeah, for internationals. It wasn't, it wasn't too close. It wasn't too too German it was kind of international also the 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 city I like the city the there was always a cool and nice place to go to do cool stuff for just for chilling or just do fun activities anything you you just felt like you could do there and uh, yeah I I I loved uh, I loved being there and uh, living there and playing hockey as well when did you turn up in England for East Grinstead? Yeah, so it's interesting story. So in Hamburg, I play with a girl from New Zealand and uh, we were a good, or still are, a good friends, Julia King. And then uh, after she left, after one season playing there, we still kept in touch and we were texting. And one day she just texted me, Look, there is a there is an online form you can fill in if you like to, because we were talking about me playing in New Zealand or Australia, because it's always been my dream to just go there for a visit or even play hockey there. So she sent me this this link, and I basically just uh, looked at it, fill in the form, and the next day I got an email from uh, Australian. Hockey coach Luke Donner, and they were interested in having uh, international players for a hockey one tournament played in Australia. Uh, and it's basically just a short tournament for one month, I believe. And uh, the small district teams are playing against each other, travel to Australia. It's like a similar similar system like in Pro League, but only in Australia. So that's the tournament I ended up playing. Uh, thanks to Julia King, uh, my teammate from Hamburg. I decided quite, yeah, it was from from week to week. It was quite quick. And then I just went to Australia. And the deal was that after I would come back from Australia from this tournament, I would just continue playing indoor season in Germany, in Hamburg. But it got a little bit complicated and there is a rule in Germany and after you play uh, after a deadline, let's say somewhere abroad, not in Germany, you are not allowed to continue the, the competition in Germany anymore. And that's something I didn't know and no one from German club knew. So I got this information and then I started to panic a little bit because it was just a few months before the European Championship, indoor European Championship should be played. And then I was still supposed to go back to, to Germany and continue the league, but there there was no hockey for me. So I didn't know what to do with the, with the apartment, with my job I was supposed to continue with and everything. I, my life was just in Germany. And then I had to change from day to day or just uh, come up with a plan B, what to do. And then I got in touch with Chris Faust, who used to be our national coach in the Czech national team. And he told me that he was thinking about joining the English team in East Grinstead for the indoor season. And so then he had a chat with uh, Mary Booth, who was, or still is, uh, head coach of the East Greenstead team. And in the end, we made the agreement and I was lucky enough to join the team in East Greenstead because 
there was no rule in England, then I couldn't join the team that late because it was already by the end of December when I came back from, from Australia. So I basically just jumped in and straight away after I came back from Australia, I started to play in England. So it's a kind of complicated story, but that's how it worked. It's, it's very, yeah, I was just, I was just lucky, let's say. So you are another connection to friend of the show, Chris Faust. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we know each other for so long. He was our coach in the national team for, I believe, four years, four or five years. And he was one of my like really best coaches I've ever played with because he, yeah, he, he brought something new to Czech hockey. And uh, it was the first step for us to, to make uh, a change. So uh, I will always remember playing with him in a good way, of course. The Half Court Press is on social media. Feel free to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. When did you make your debut for Czech Republic? That would be probably for Senior Cup. It would be... I think my first tournament with the senior squad was in 2011. Uh, it was outdoor European Championship in in Vienna. Uh, we played a pool C, so I remember uh, because I was already on the, on the squad, but I wasn't selected for the World Cup in the World Cup, which was year before I think 2010. I was still too young, so I wasn't selected, <laughs> unlucky. Then I played my first year in 2011 in Vienna. And since then, I was, I think, every year on the squad. I believe I didn't skip any big competition. I believe that the current head coach of the Czech national team is quite well known within England. I think so, yeah. Well, the thing is, he's not our coach anymore, and it's uh, quite new. If you mean Philip Neusser, mm-hmm. yeah. He also played East Greenstead, so he was also one of my contacts when I was trying to find a club where I could play that indoor season last last year or two years ago, actually. He's a brilliant coach, yeah. He's a good person, and he also can push hard and he knows when and where to push to bring the energy to the team and when to slow down a bit so he's he's really good and also I have to say I was a little bit in the beginning when we started together the yeah the road was he's been coaching us for also quite a long time I think four years something like that and in the beginning we didn't know what to expect as a team because he was he was always a player not a coach and it was so new for us to have someone who's been a goalkeeper the whole hockey life the whole career and then he started to coach so we were a little bit yeah we didn't know what to expect and now I have to say I'm very lucky that he came to us and he brought us so many things new things and he pushed us further and yeah it's a really good experience with him and we are now very sad that he quit the job he quit being like on the position of the head coach of Czech national team because of a new job in the national sport agency in Czech Republic. He's now a head of, the, of this agency. So we are only happy for him 
it's a great yeah great great position for him in his career but unlucky for us <laughs> he the, he can continue with uh, with coaching then what have been the successes in your career so in my junior period it would be probably 2012 2013 we won the silver medal on the european championships indoor and outdoor and then for the senior squad the biggest achievements would be probably bronze medals from uh, the world cup 2015 uh, in leipzig i think at and the, then at the indoor world cup is it indoor world cup yeah 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 and then 2020 last year we also won the bronze medal in minsk at european european championship it was uh, also a very very good one and outdoor for outdoor hockey i think uh, the second place on the european championship which was played in prague uh, it was a home tournament it was it was great Great atmosphere, great achievement for us. And uh, two years later, we were uh, lucky to play the the A division in Amsterdam. So there was uh, two big, big tournaments we played. And it was tournaments I will never forget because first we won and we, we got promoted to the A division. And then secondly, two years later, 2017, we or I actually could play the, the tournament in Amsterdam against the Netherlands and the crowd on the on the stadium was amazing and I will always remember the game when we lost 10-0 and I still will think about it as a as a best game I've ever played I think it was just amazing atmosphere Episode two of this series is an interview with Emily Dark, the Scottish international. She was talking about a similar experience, getting promoted to the 2021 A division and saying that the 10-0 loss against the Dutch ladies was a huge learning curve in, in a positive manner. Even though you got smashed, it's just saying, actually, there's a lot of positives to take from that. Yeah. Yeah, I see it the same way. Well, it's, it's just hard to explain it also to the younger players who are on the squad now, on our squad now, to just express the experience because you just need to experience it yourself. Otherwise, you just can't have the same feeling from it. And uh, each of us playing on that pitch, on this team, learned a lot. And then we just realized how much we need to improve and how much there is to improve and to work on and how is the feeling to stay next to that player who is five times quicker than you and who just, uh, yeah, just, it's, it's very hard to explain. But for me, it was the point where I said, okay, this is not enough. And this, the way how we, how we play and how we train is, is just not enough. And there is so much to work on. And uh, it's, it's always so easy to compete with the teams you just play the, the, the whole life with or against in your league, home league. But once you step out of the comfort zone, let's say, and you have the, uh, the chance to compete with, uh, with better clubs or teams, then you see the difference. And then those are the matches you can learn from. So there was, there was the point for us in Amsterdam. This segues quite nicely into the next question of what have been the challenges in your career? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I think uh, every single time I went abroad uh, to a different team was a challenge for me. It's always a challenge because in, in a way you or I always uh, step out of my comfort zone. It's uh, it's about getting new people, get into a new team, new culture. Uh, most of the people or, or, or the teammates in the team, they know each other already and they know what to expect from each other. But you are the one who is new and who needs to 
uh, fit in and you or I want to do it as fast as possible always because you you need to find the connection with the players to know what to expect on the pitch but also how to react or how to speak to people off the pitch and it's not only about hockey but also about how you feel in your personal life off the pitch uh, yeah to find new friends to find a connection with people and uh, that's that's always a challenge for me uh, and also a different language so they can be uh, also a language barrier uh, that's all another challenge and also I always kind of sucked in in uh, in English or in languages in general on when I was on school it was my absolute nightmare to having uh, English classes but now I, I just love it I like to spend time with the uh, with the people who speak English or yeah just have a good chat I don't mind anymore and it brings me a lot and I learned a lot so those challenges brought me also so many positive things. But then, of course, another challenge would be the head surgery I had. It was uh, 2012. I had to uh, have a break for a couple of months because uh, of a surgery. And then I didn't know if I, if I could continue playing hockey or not. So there was a big question mark. And then I got a green light, but I didn't know when I could start hockey. So with hockey again. So it was just a big challenge about being patient and uh, waiting for that green line until I could could jump on the on the hockey field again. So that was definitely one of big or biggest biggest challenges during my hockey career. How are you feeling now? after the head surgery and oh it's it's absolutely okay it's uh it was just it was just one year let's say before the surgery there was a lot of checkups and yeah visits at the doctors scans etc and there was the surgery and after the surgery there was a long long recovery so yeah just it was just this year it was a little bit different or uh, different in a in a hockey hockey life of course some things changed after the surgery because it was a big one big change in my life but not really in my hockey life I still could continue playing and it was important for me because hockey is just uh, yeah really really big part of my life so now I feel fine I just need to wear the the protection on my head some kind of it's a kind of head bent uh, so I need to protect the, the forehead and that's, that's it It is an iconic look however <laughs> for anybody who's seen Kitawina play this is why she's got the forehead protection around the front That's true, um, that's true I will never have a, a good pictures from the games again but it's fine <laughs> I think it's quite a fashionable look it's, it's quite a nice looking headband so I think <laughs> And maybe I should paint the headband, then it would be even cooler. From a media point of view, it's, it's quite useful knowing, oh, right, that's who she is, that she's over there. That's <laughs> true, that's true. If I'm having a good game, that's true, that's handy. If not, then, uh, yeah, I would rather not wearing it. But of course, you, are, you join a select elite group of Czech sporting internationals who wear headgear. To check the Chelsea and Arsenal goalkeeper as a that's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are having a, a private group together. <laughs> the Half Court Press is a multi sports media outlet. You can check out our articles, opinion pieces, and PDF magazines on our website www.halfcourtpressmagazine.com. So moving on to a more personal section, what makes you Katarina Lucina? What makes you different to anybody else? It's a, it's a hard question, I think. Uh, but in general, I think I'm a very competitive player or competitive person. So I just really like to 
win. I like to win any kind of games or just duels or just, uh, I don't know, I just like to compete. So for me, sport is so important because I can win in sport and uh, I can do extra trainings to, to get better, to improve. And if I see the, the results from extra trainings, that's what I like. So I'm quite patient in this way. I like to lead by example because I'm um, like also a shy person. So I'm not the one who would scream on the pitch or show. I would rather show things how they are done than talk about it. That's how I do things. And that's what suits me better. And um, for that, for being better, I train more, but I don't need to talk about it. I just do it. Um, I don't know what what describes me, actually. I'm quite humble, I think. Sometimes I'm too humble. Maybe I should show myself more and just talk more. Uh, but I don't know. That's That's me. Maybe too shy. What have been the major experiences in your career, in your life, that have changed or improved your outlook towards sports? Yeah, so as I said earlier, I think every... Every experience I played abroad, there was a great experience. And each of those experiences gave me something and learned me something. I played in quite a lot different teams and with uh, under different coaches. And from each of those experiences of, or, or teams or clubs or coaches, I, I got something. And it's like a puzzle from me. So when now I put those puzzles together... This is who I am now. I just learned so much from different cultures, different types of hockey, different levels, different styles. And everything gave me a piece of, of it. And uh, I, could, I could use those experiences to just, to just bring uh, or just put everything together. And now after... I don't know, playing uh, how many years abroad, I can say that I already now see it, finally, that I can use those experiences. Until now, it was just just kind of, yeah, just putting those experiences in the bucket. And now I see that I actually have them and I can use them. But I think it's something you realize after, after some time, after you are, you are there experience enough to to feel it to see it and to use it so I think every single experience abroad was a a great one for me what is important to you in sports is there any particular section or demographic which you think could be improved upon or given greater depth or scope um yeah so it's, it's different so for me when I play abroad, it's different to compare to what I play in the national team or when I played it with the national team back home. When I play abroad, I can be, or I feel I can be more focused on myself and to improve. I still, I still have time to improve during the season individually when I'm with the club. And when I come back to check to play with the national team, then I feel more like I have a role in the team to lead, to, to also pass the experience to others and to push others. So it's two different worlds for me. And also when I compare the, the competition or the club level in my home country and then the club level in the in abroad where I play, it's just so different. It's so different. And there is, in Czech Republic, there is so many things to work on. And I wish we had the, yeah, enough money, enough people, enough experiences to, to improve those things. Because on, I, I think that on the club level, everything starts there. And, uh, club level in Czech Republic is not good enough. And not, it's not good enough. And it's something what I would like to help with 
when I'm done with playing abroad, uh, I would like to come back to Czech Republic and, and uh, bring the experiences with me and help the, the club level to grow and uh, just to yeah get better because once you get better on the club level you can also step up on the national international uh, level and then we can compete with the uh, other european uh, teams which is at the moment quite hard for us to be honest so you're looking to become a, what, a youth team coach a club coach maybe maybe it's not definitely yes but I would like to bring the experience and use them. What I learned, I would like to bring back home. So I can imagine myself being a coach or training in the in youth or, or being assistant coach for any team in, um, I don't know, under 16, under 18, maybe doing uh, extra stuff for hockey, Czech Hockey Federation. It, it depends on the needs also, but I believe the structure is the key. Structure of the system, how clubs or teams in the on the club levels they are training, and uh, how the coaches are working, and uh, how the the players how they think about the trainings or not. Because in Czech Republic is still just playing for fun. And if everyone is playing just just for fun and doesn't want to put uh, a bit extra to the trainings, then you can't expect that we can compete with the top European teams in the national team with, or with the, the national team. So it's a long way for us, I think. In terms of coaching, there's not a huge amount of women staying in the game. The, the recent FIH awards between the coaches of the men's teams and the women's teams there were six nominations on, on the two shortlists only one was female mm-hmm. we seem to be losing quite a bit of the knowledge within the women's game from women once they stop playing yeah i think it's uh it's, it's hard i think also women when you start a family, then you also, as a as a female, you stay home with the kids. So also more men are going abroad or playing on the level or they like to compete more. Or it, it really depends on the culture and on, on the individuals, really. But I think it's so many impacts or so many facts that influence the fact that there are more men coaching than women. And also coaching a women team is so different to coaching a men team. How so? How is it different? Uh, well, women are complicated. And so it's not for everyone, I think. Sometimes some teams need a, a strong, strong hand and strong uh, influence from the from a man. And sometimes you still need this some kind of softness in the stuff, in the, in the stuff team. So it's just hard to find the balance. And then coaching women is it's not about only about hockey. It's more about everything else, about the mental thing, about how you talk to to the girls. Yeah, it's it's just not about tactics and not about skills. It's so many things to to work with. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, in general, I think men like to stay in the game longer or still. And women, they just uh, sometimes switch into from hockey life into a family life. So then maybe that's why we don't have so many women coaches, because they just then stop with the sport completely, not only on the professional way of playing, but also... They don't like to, to then coach. I don't know. I think there's some socially learnt behaviours here, at least from my generation upwards, where growing up, I never really played with dolls. I never learnt to be as as caring, perhaps, men in my generation. Whereas women were taught to emphasise more and care more, I think, when they're younger. That, in younger generations, I think is changing for the better. Do you think that 
people in their mid-20s and younger these days, when they get to their mid-30s, men might stay at home more, thus freeing up women to have more of a career after hockey, perhaps. Yeah, it's, uh, it's also a little bit individual. So everyone wants, like each of us wants something else. So it's hard to say. For me, it's a big difference to see people in my age from the university or from high school when I remember we are on the same age, we have same hobbies or similar hobbies, but still most of the friends I have from university, they already have uh, their families, partners, uh, living the family life, let's say. And most of my hockey friends, they still live this kind of living freely life. And I want to travel more and I have more time for this and that. And I can start family life later. So I don't know if it's about the sport. Is it, is it about the sport that the, it just brings you something like more, like a better chance to travel or to see things or to meet people? I don't know. For me, yes. But maybe not for everyone. And uh, <laughs> I really don't know. The Half Court Press is on social media. Feel free to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. As we begin to wind up, what have been the similarities and differences between the, the cultures and the countries that you've played in? So if I compare in general the level of hockey in, in Czech and in Germany, England, or Holland, Australia, or Belgium. In general, it's it's much lower. In Czech Republic, uh, the, the hockey, I think we have a clever players, clever coaches. We have a good skills, but also we are quite lazy, I think. Czech people are quite lazy. So it's hard to find more than I don't know if you have a group of 10 to find more than two or three people who would push harder and do extra sessions just to get better without coach telling them to do so and that's the difference I think in uh, different countries in Europe many more people who would like to do so without coach telling them to do so so that's the difference to Czech Republic. Then when I compare, for example, Germany and Holland, I think German style of hockey is more about tactic, it's more about system, and it's more about waiting for the right moment to study the ethic. There are still brilliant, brilliant players on the, on the German league and on the national team. But it's, the, the style is just so different. In in Netherlands, they would go for uh, for the chance. They would go, the whole team, 10 players, would go to attack. Just go for it. Very individual, very dynamic. In uh, Germany, it's more about waiting for the right moment, I think. So that's the, the main difference. What it was uh, when I compare the, the league in Holland and Germany. And then when I compare to Belgium now, I think it's something in between. So in Belgium, they like to play tactically, but they also like to be very dynamic. So changing the tempo, defenders going and supporting midfielders and strikers, that's what they do. That's what I like too. So I think Belgium is somewhere in the middle between Germany and Netherlands in a way of how they play. How does that compare to the time you spent in England? In England? Yeah. I think in England, I loved playing in England because it's, it was, for me, it was simple hockey, very easy. And it was so much fun. They play always like a team, not individually. And that's what I loved. They play all together, forehand to forehand all attacking or defending, always there for each other and very simple. They don't complicate 
the game. And uh, that's that's how it should be played. That's the best way how to play. Just enjoy it and just play easy. But there, of course, sometimes you, you miss those uh, details and some other teams can do or can have those little extras. I don't know, super skills, uh, 3D skills. Uh, yeah, details, I don't know. What is the difference between club hockey and international hockey? Do you mean club hockey, club hockey for me, where I play now in Belgium or club hockey in uh, in Czech Republic? Yeah, both. Yeah, so when I play in club abroad, now in Belgium, it's, it's very professional. So we have a full service. Let's say we have a hockey trainings, we have a video and a analytic who's preparing the video meetings for us uh, we have a physio we have a athletic sessions and everything you need you have it's served when i compare it to czech republic the the club level there is not much there is hockey training and that's it sometimes there is a video session preparing for the game but it's just the, the level of preparation and of the individual players preparing for the games and learning from the games which were played already it's just so different in Belgium for instance we have a meeting before the game preparing for the concrete opponent and then we also have a debrief after the game how it worked what we said we were gonna play did it work or not, and why? In Czech Republic, you would just play game, and then you see, okay, we won or we lost, and that's it. We don't, you don't care about why it didn't work, or maybe sometimes the training after you would do some extra exercise to improve in those skills you missed in that game, but it's not that professional. And it's not only about money or not having money, because it's just about willing to do the extra work and not only the players, but also the coaches and the staff. Just have an extra hour maybe to look at the video and see, okay, what worked and what did not work well. So yeah, that's the main difference between uh, the club level I see in Czech Republic and abroad. And then when I compare it to a national team, I think now the the whole package which we have in the club in Braxgata is pretty similar what we have in the national team. It's basically a full package of preparation for the game, good rehab, good debrief, good analytics, good coaches, it's just it, it's just how it should be, I think. There is always something you can do better, but there's also some other facts you need to add, like, uh, I don't know, do you have enough money to have a GPS tracker or to have someone who would analyze how many kilometers you run or do you need to be more dynamic or do you need to, I don't know, run extra miles or... Is there a nutritionist or nutritionists who should help you? There's some extra things you just miss in uh, in Czech Republic because there is not enough money to work with those things. But uh, in general, we are in the national team. We are on a good way now, but it's completely different to a club side in Czech Republic. It's like two different worlds. Talking more broadly about the development of international hockey, there's almost a clear cut-off point between the European A division and the European B division. And then similarly more globally, a large bit of it centres around money and professionalism, which is based on stuff we've chatted about with the league structures and so forth. Do you think that the Pro League, an invitational-only tournament amongst the best teams in the world, which brings in more money, do you think that is helping international teams like the Czech Republic? The thing is, I think it's not helping us 
it's not helping those countries who uh, yeah maybe doesn't have or don't have that much money to play those competitions on the other hand we are just two two steps away maybe further we just need to first we need to improve on our level on on a certain scale to get to a point where we could actually compete with uh with a better opponents and then we could start thinking about competing with the best in the europe or in the world i think it's still good for those teams to compete in the highest level with each other because otherwise you can't keep the the level and you can't grow so i think it's good for everyone they they have their competition they could still learn from and we have ours it's just up to us to step up and to push more and find a way how to improve on our level to get better and then we can step up again otherwise no one would grow then so i think it's good would an alternative of having kept the champions trophy which was the top best teams in the world the, the continental champions from all the different confederations the world cup winner the the olympic winners and the best ranked teams uh, filling up the rest of the spots keeping that tournament which was really popular with the fans and the players but then having a taking the money used for the international pro league and investing it in a in the equivalent club setup where you have players like yourself who don't play for the top ranked international teams but you do play for the potentially some of the top club teams and then taking that experience back to your home nations yeah that sounds like a good alternative i think that could be a good level how to or uh, not level but good way how to get those experience and bring them back to your home countries and help them grow then it's like a circle it's not only about money in the end it's not only about it's mainly about money so the circle starts somewhere so if you want to grow you need to start with a good preparation you need to do extra for that sometimes you need money sometimes not mostly yes so uh, you need some help from outside you need some help from federation from a club from somewhere uh you can do it by yourself only and then it depends how professional the the help is so it's just so hard to to now sums everything up i think there is too many things that affects how it could go which way and it's it's just so hard to to answer this of course i would like to compete in those competitions because it helps me as a player as an individual to grow and it could help to to my club on to my team internet like uh, my national team to grow if you have more players who with more experiences more players who want to uh tr- like train more or uh, do extra and you bring it back to one team and you just share the experiences of course you have more chances to then grow as a team as a one group but yeah it's 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 just uh hard to start somewhere and find the the help to uh, kick it off The Half Court Press is now on Patreon. Patreon is a well-known and trusted online platform that allows our fans to support the sports journalism that we create. We offer a tiered subscription plan with more content being made available to our fans who choose to spend a bit more each month. We at the Half Court Press would appreciate any and all support that you wish to contribute towards our articles, podcasts and interviews. Who have been the best players that you've played with? Who have been the best players that you've played against? 
All right. So that's many players, I think. Uh, actually, I'm I'm very lucky that I played in the in Germany with uh, so many players like uh, Franziska Hauke, uh, internationals. I played with her in uh, in Hartz in Harvesterhude, in Hamburg. Very good uh, German player. Uh, then I played alongside Hannah Kruger in in Munich. In, when I played in the Netherlands, I also played with uh, Julia Miller. And all of those uh, German legends, they are just so nice people. And not only great, great hockey players, but also great persons. So I was lucky enough to play alongside those. Then I also played with Sophie Bray. It was uh, also a great experience. Good connection. She's such an ama- amazing player. So very happy to uh, to play with her. That's the English European gold medal winner, the GB Olympic gold medal winner at East Grinstead. Yeah, that's not too bad to play with. <laughs> very, very nice. And then, of course, when I played at Holland, I played against Eva de Goede, which is uh, something I think every female player wish to <laughs> to play against or with. Great experience, really. When I played in the midfield on her, defending her and playing against her on the position, it was like a, yeah, a dream comes true. <laughs> yeah, her name comes up time and time again whenever I talk to international women. Who have been the best coaches that you've worked with? Oh, it's a hard question. I think uh, every single coach... I played with all of them. They were just so important in my uh, hockey, hockey life, hockey career. So it's hard to point just uh, one or few. All of them gave me something and gave me a lot. And without them, I wouldn't be the player who I'm now. But uh, as a kid, very first coach who taught me a lot. I learned from a lot. Uh, would be Jana Vodmoskova when I was really a kid. Uh, she just showed me first skills, how to do things, and she always pushed me uh, and she supported me. And so I will never forget uh, this coach and I will always remember her as a, one of the best and one of those who, who showed me most. Then when I was in the age when I was still in the juniors squad, but starting to playing with the senior one, then I think Chris Faust would be the one who I would name because it was such a new impulse he brought to Czech Republic when he started to coach the Czech national team. It was something completely new. And for him and for us too, I think when he came, I'm quite surprised that he didn't leave straight away after he he saw how things are done in Czech Republic, in Czech hockey. So it's a big thank you to, to Chris. Big effort, so much energy he brought and so many things he showed us. And... Uh, Without him, we wouldn't never play the A division and we never be playing the indoor hockey on the level as we play it now. So Chris Faust is definitely one of the names I would like to say here as, a, as a, one of the best coaches I've ever played with or under. Last question. What's next for you? What's next for me? Yeah, who knows? That's a, that's a good question. I started a new season quite recently in the Belgium. So I definitely f- will finish this season in there in Belgium. And if everything works well, I would like to start my life there. I would like to stay longer than just one season. I would like to stay maybe two, two another years and, uh, I still want to improve because I still feel I haven't reached my peak. I still can can do better in um, 
physical way, but also hockey way, I, there is always something to learn, something, something to improve or work on. So I would like to stay in Belgium because I really like it so far and find a job and find a, a good balance between a hockey life and a, a working or a personal life, family life. So maybe Belgium is the final station, maybe not. But now I think I would like to stay longer than one season. So that's the next for me now. Maybe in a couple of months it will be different, but uh, for now it's, uh, it's this. Katarina Lechina of the Czech national team. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This has been a Half Court Press production by Theo McLeod. If you have enjoyed this show, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Facebook.